Today is Palm Sunday, and it's the week leading up to Jesus' death uh, that we remember. So Jesus, what a disappointment. Have you ever felt that way about him? He's disappointed you. He's promised so much, yet he doesn't seem to deliver. Well, that's the story of this week in history, so many years ago. The week began so well on Palm Sunday. It was an exciting day. The Messiah had come, the one that they'd been waiting for, the one who would propel Israel into glory, the one who would free them from their oppressors. For nearly three and a half years, the Messiah has been working miracles, feeding thousands, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, doing the impossible, and he's been mostly avoiding Jerusalem, the center of religion and power. And now he's come, riding on a donkey, just as the prophet said he would. Now was the time that he was going to reveal who he really was and take over power, so they thought. It's Passover time. People have come from far countries. They're ready for a Messiah. They're ready to proclaim him as king, as the Messiah. They shout out his praises. They throw the coats and the palm branches into the road so he rode on a carpet. And for the first time, he accepts their praise. So surely now is the time. Well, that's the story. But that's not the whole story. Because there's a story behind the story. And that's the story I just want to briefly look at this morning. It's a story about prophecy being fulfilled. Matthew 21, starting verse 1, says, As they approached Jerusalem, came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with a, her coat by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And that's quoting from Zechariah 9.9. So why a donkey? Growing up, we rode horses, and you would have never persuaded us to own a donkey. We considered a donkey lower class. We used to tell my younger brother that his horse looked like a donkey, and we didn't mean it as a compliment. In Jesus' day, they had a different picture of a donkey. A donkey is a tough animal. It's sure-footed, can thrive almost anywhere. In their day, it was a valuable animal. Yet it wasn't the choice of kings to ride, because a donkey in battle was no competition against a horse. And so kings rode horses into battle. But if a king was offering peace, he rode a donkey. That's a symbol of that. And Isaiah 9.6 calls him the prince of peace, and the crowds caught on. This is the man who can do miracles. Now he's riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, an unbroken colt. That was the fulfillment of the prophecy. This was the sign that they were waiting for. And so as Zechariah 9.9 had said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous, and right, having salvation, gentle, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so to them, 
This was the sure sign. But that was only part of it. Jesus had all the credentials. To be the Messiah, he had to be of the tribe of Judah. He had to be of the family of David. He had to be born in Bethlehem. He had to be called out of Egypt. He had to be a resident of Nazareth. He had to be verified with miracles. And we also we have over, in Jesus' first coming, over 300 prophecies. And he fulfilled them all. Now, if you want to think about that, Peter Stoner and Robert uh, Newman wrote a book, uh, Science Speaks, and they talk about the, the odds of fulfilling prophecies. And so out of those over 300 prophecies for Jesus, they said, just take 60 of the major ones and have him fulfill only eight out of those 60. The odds of him fulfilling eight out of the 60 would be 1 in 10 to the power of 17. So that's had 17 zeros behind that 10. One chance out of that. That's only fulfilled 8 of them, not all 60. Once you add all 60, it becomes a number that we can't even begin to fathom at all 300. And you know where that goes. Richard Halverson said, the problem with Jesus Christ is not that folk can't believe in him, but they won't believe in him. And so they saw this, they understood this, and so on Palm Sunday they were believing. This was Jesus, the Messiah. And so they were going ahead of him and shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. And so in their minds, this was the conquering king. Now Zechariah 9.9, which it quotes, is only part of the prophecy. The rest of the prophecy says that he would come and deliver them from their enemies, and he would establish peace and rule over the entire earth. And so no wonder they were expecting him to do that on this day. They even knew that this was the right day. In Daniel 9, verse 24 through 27, Daniel makes very specific promises. And when you figure it out, according to the Jewish calendar, it came down to this year and this day that the Messiah had to be declared. And so they were expecting him. And he does it. He fulfilled it to the exact day. Up to this point, he's been declaring who he is, but he's never allowed them to proclaim him as who he is. On this day, he allows it. And so he comes riding into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, as Zechariah said he would. He accepts their praise. He accepts their declaration of him as the Messiah. Prophecy had declared it. It had to happen. And he fulfilled it all. But there was part of the prophecy that they ignored in Daniel. And that part of the prophecy was that when he was declared, he'd be cut off. He'd be killed. And in a few short days, that was going to happen. You see, for them, it was an exciting day. But he was going to disappoint them. They wanted a conquering Messiah. He had come to be the suffering Messiah. They didn't understand that. So Jesus, 
What a disappointment. The Messiah who was to lead them into victory and glory instead marched towards his own death. He declared who he was, he accepted their praises, and then he doesn't do what they want. He doesn't work out their plan, instead he works out his plan. Their plan would have benefited them for a short lifetime. His plan would benefit them for all eternity. Their plan would have only benefited Israel. His plan would benefit all mankind. Their plan would conquer all their enemies. His plan would conquer the enemies of sin and death. Their plan would have limited value. His plan would have eternal, infinite value. But of course they didn't understand at this point. So Jesus was a disappointment. You know, that still happens today. So often, we're like the Israelites. We come to Jesus with our own plans. Plans that offer us immediate gain. But Jesus has other plans for us. Plans that will give you eternal gain. And so often, he denies us our own plans and he hasn't yet revealed his plans. And so at that point, Jesus becomes a disappointment to us. And we have to take it by faith that he's working something out that is of far greater value for us. You know, right through to Sunday morning, it was a disappointment. But how the resurrection changed that. On Resurrection Sunday, they could begin to see the glory and the value of his plans so much greater than their plans. And so I just want to ask you this morning, maybe you've come this morning, and Jesus is a disappointment. Because he's not working things out in your life the way that you've wanted him to, the way you've asked him. And I think there's just a lesson in this whole story that we need to just hang in there because just as they had to hang in there until the resurrection day, we need to hang in there until God reveals what he wants to do in and through us, what's happening right now. So is Jesus a disappointment to you this morning? I encourage you to stay in there with him. The resurrection morning is coming. A day will come when you see that his plans for you are far better, far more glorious than anything that you could have.